I did another video that performed below average for my channel, but it was very specific video for a very specific audience. And I pitched my coaching program. And within 48 hours, that one video made me $24,000. So it's totally different when you make the right content for the right people, what it can do for your business. Trina, welcome to the podcast. Great to meet Hi. you. Let's go. Thank you hey, so much you for going? having me. You're welcome. Welcome. Really, really excited to chat with you. So tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Give me like kind of the headline of, um, of what you do. Yeah. So um, I went to college just like you were supposed to. We won't date myself. Um, and I went in the marketing field and then I eventually got my master's degree in business and I was working for the federal government here in the United States and it was not my jam. It did not allow me any creativity and yeah, just was not for me. So with my marketing background, I was also editing videos. I was the friend that took all the videos from our trips and spliced them all mm. together and made them fun. I started internet searching, playing around with what I could do. And I decided to start a YouTube channel. I actually started to get into YouTube right as I was pregnant with my first child and immediately clicked the people that are on YouTube right now. They're all marketers while they were like mm. mommy vloggers and they were talking about the best clothes and the food and all the baby gear that I was watching. I'm like, they are marketers. This is wild. And so I just dove right into yeah. YouTube to try and figure it out. I ultimately thought I was going to be a mummy vlogger, but again, not my vibes, not my style. Mm -hmm. And I really started to figure out how to make it work for businesses. And since then, I've been doing this for seven and a half years now. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And and <clears throat> when you say this, um, maybe explain, you know, I've, you know, okay. I know exactly what you do for but for those at home, kind of explain, you know, what, what you're doing right now, yeah. what your kind of business models, I know you've got a lot of products uh, yeah. and a lot of stuff going on. So, so maybe, yeah, give us the, the kind of, you know, the, for sure. a thousand foot yeah, overview. Yeah. So I call myself a YouTube strategist and for about three years, I worked under Tim Schmoyer at Video Creators while still doing my business. And uh, I eventually left him in 2020, I believe. It was end of 2019, 2020, mm -hmm. and went all in with my agency. So what I did with my YouTube strategy agency is I planned all the content for our clients. I did all the keyword research, all cool. the basic strategy for YouTube, told them what to film. They filmed it, sent it back to us. We edited, uploaded it, optimized it, made it pretty on YouTube. We did that awesome. for a good two and a half years. And now we're transitioning to more coaching because we have felt we as a team really enjoy the the proverb, you know, teach a man to fish can fish forever. Mm -hmm. yeah. We really enjoy mm -hmm. teaching people how to implement YouTube and also how they could just have an assistant help them with it or make yeah. it more sustainable to them than hiring out to an agency because a lot of the uh, people we work with are approaching those six-figure marks in their business. And so they can't necessarily mm -hmm. hire a full YouTube production agency. And mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. what we're doing right now is basically YouTube coaching, how to use YouTube to drive more leads and sales awesome. to your business. 
I love it. I love it. Well, let's dive into kind of your main clientele. So I'm curious when you're running these, these uh, either running YouTube channels or actually coaching the, you know, the, the aspiring YouTubers, what kind of people, um, are, you know, are coming to you and, yeah. and why? So I actually differentiate myself. I do not work with quote unquote YouTubers, people who are mm -hmm. trying to be YouTube famous, all of that. I really focus on the business owners and how to use cool. YouTube for organic traffic. So course creators, mm -hmm. agency owners, service providers, mm -hmm. consultants. And so our, basically our main clientele is business owners and using YouTube as lead generators. So that's basically who we're working with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So tell me, um, obviously, you know, if you can't say anything, don't say, but I'm curious around some of the, the kind of info products or even kind of high ticket coaching done with you programs that, that you've been kind of uh, teaching people how to sell or, or at least a lead gen through YouTube. Oh, man. What are some of the crazy kind of, yeah. Yeah, lots. Uh, so we have, I've worked with quilters selling quilting patterns. I've worked with a copywriter selling high-end agency services for her copywriting business. I work mm -hmm. with a funnel software provider. I've also worked with a baker, a calligraphist, a wedding photographer. Mm -hmm. The niches are wild that we've worked with. Yeah, yeah. And I'm curious, if we were to zone on just kind of info products and, and coaching as a niche, because like most of our audience... Uh, is in that space. Are you saying like kind of a, a course on bakery or are you just doing YouTube ads for, for bakers, literally like selling bread? Yeah. So we don't teach YouTube ads at all. Uh, we teach mm -hmm. organic content mm -hmm. on YouTube. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, the majority of these people that we do work with have a course, a course, a digital product. Cool. Maybe they have mm -hmm. a higher end service, like the copywriter yeah. client. She has a high end agency service, but she mm -hmm. also has a course mm -hmm. on copywriting. Mm -hmm. So cool. Pretty much every client we work with has some sort of digital asset to sell through YouTube. Love it. Cool. All right. Well, <clears throat> I, I'm really keen to learn more. So let's say someone has a you know a digital asset at home, a course that they've built, or maybe a, a course that they're building. They have zero followers. They have zero Instagram, zero subscribers, zero videos. Yeah. What is the first thing um, they should be doing in terms of you know getting YouTube live as a uh, as a sales generating channel? So YouTube's algorithm is incredibly smart and a lot of people want to blame the algorithm for killing their channel or not being able to reach the people they want. But we need to determine who is our audience, but more important, who is that audience that's ready to buy? The biggest mistake I see a lot of business owners make on YouTube is making this beginner quote unquote content because those aren't the people that are necessarily ready to buy. So if I were to create content for somebody just getting started on YouTube, they're just playing around with it. They've not committed to YouTube yet. They're looking for, is this the right journey for them? Whereas when I'm creating content for how to, um, best tools to upgrade your video quality on YouTube. That's somebody more serious. That's somebody who's been playing around with YouTube and more committed. And so the very first thing that you need to do is understand who your ready to buy audience is so you can start creating content for that person. Because the name of the game uh, for business owners on YouTube is quality viewers, not quantity viewers. We're not trying to make money over the most views on our video. We're trying to get the right people to see our videos that then want to buy our digital assets. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so we've looked at our target market for the course. We've kind of identified that ready to buy buyer, um, in terms of the, you know, the production, you know, uh, 
system, what happens next? I have my buyer, I have my course. I, I know kind of what segment of the market I want to you know, go after um, with my content. What, what do you do next? So we teach a process called the Profitable Keyword Framework. And once you understand who your ready-to-buy audience is, you start to think about what are the you know 20 to 25 words that you would want to show up on Google for because Google owns YouTube. And then we use a tool called VidIQ where we plug these words in and get massive amounts of content ideas. We're able to see based on these 20 to 25 words that you want to show up on Google for or that your audience would be looking for, other related topics. So this allows you to build out sometimes a year's worth of content strategy. And then you want to take those and start creating series of videos because the other important thing for YouTube is people binging your content. So when you can create a series of videos that makes sense for your viewer to go from video one to video two to video three, not only are you making the algorithm happy to push your content to more people, so YouTube does all the work for you, but you're warming that person up because the more videos somebody watches of you, the more likely they're going to be like, done, sold, where do I sign up? So by doing this kind of keyword research process, you're not only coming up with content ideas that you're ready to buy viewer is searching for, but you're creating these series of videos that also make the algorithm happy while getting your audience warmed up, lining up to work with you. Yeah, I love it. Could you give us a specific example Mm -hmm. of this step? So, you know, uh, let's say a course, um, what you kind of discovered in the market, what what keywords or what topics and or what series is that they ended up launching kind of, you know, the result from it? So I just reviewed one of my clients content this morning and she teaches running for women over the age of 50. She has a membership actually. Cool. And we were breaking down kind of her series, what that was going to be. She started with her main keywords as running over the age of 50, being active over the age of 50, Uh, walking Mm -hmm. over the age of 50, healthy habits over the age of 50, because she has a very specific audience and she doesn't want YouTube to misclassify her. So everything Mm -hmm. she's going to talk about is specific to women over the age of 50. So what we then Mm -hmm. did is we took all of those words, plugged them into vidIQ to then populate much more ideas that we would never even think of. But these are actual terms that YouTube has pulled that people are searching. And With the tool Mm. vidIQ, you're able to see how many searches that keyword has every month and how competitive it is. Wow. So once we have all of that, uh, I looked at two of her playlists she's building out right now. One was Mm. on basically walking habits for over the age of 50. We don't want to throw out how to do an ultra marathon at the age of 50, which is one of her topics later on down the road, but she needs to get those first people convinced, okay, I can walk. Lisa's going to teach me how to walk. Uh, We're going to pull in, you know, healthy movement habits for women over the age of 50, walking techniques for women over the age of 50, walking (laughs) shoes for women over the age of 50 Mm -hmm. and build up this playlist. So then at the end, Mm -hmm. she says, wouldn't you like to have somebody to tell you exactly what to walk, how long to walk and have walking meditations while you do it and a community of other women walking with you join my membership. Then we would do a very similar thing for running. Uh, Once we got them warmed up to running, then we're going to talk about, uh, once we got them warmed up to walking, then we're going to talk about running. We're also going to do an entire series on healthy habits for women over the age of 50 as well to, again, bring just women over the age of 50 to her channel Mm -hmm. that aren't even Mm -hmm. maybe know they're interested Mm -hmm. in walking or running yet. So that's kind of how this all builds on itself. Got it. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So to backtrack, when you have the those keywords that you're putting into vidIQ, mm-hmm. um, where do you get the 
original keywords from is this just your niche that you choose kind of you know from your brain or, or is there a tool yeah so you want to come up with those words it's your audience right we want to know our ready to buy audience okay. so what cool. is our ready to buy audience what are the main words that they would be searching or cool. what would you an mm-hmm. seo on your website what would you want to show mm-hmm. up in google for so that's how we're coming up with these 20 to 25 words that then create thousands of topics I love it. And then, and then once we have those thousands of topics, <clears throat> um, are they, are they just kind of keywords or videos, ideas that, that we need to flesh out and write scripts for, or are they kind of, you know, dot, dot pointed already? What's the next step once you have these, you know, a thousand YouTube video ideas? Yeah. So there, I like to call them topics while they are considered mm-hmm. keywords. I like to call them topics because you take that topic and we have to, first of all, come up with a title and thumbnail concept. That's your marketing mm-hmm. package on YouTube. If you don't have a title and thumbnail that people are going to click, it doesn't matter how good your content is. So we take the topic and we try to figure out how do we create a clickable title? What are we going to say in this title Mm -hmm. that people are going to want to click? We're not just going to put that topic in there. We've got to make it enticing, make it curiosity driven. So people want to click on it. And we also can't forget about the thumbnail because imagery is what makes people stop the scroll on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So really reflecting a pain point or some type of imagery that your audience would want to stop look at the thumbnail, Mm. then go over to the title and say, okay, I'm interested. I got to click on this video. So once you have the topic, you got to come up with your title and thumbnail. And then you got to, I like to call it your video game plan. I don't like to call it scripting because then people are like, well, what teleprompter do you use? I'm like, don't use a teleprompter. We see you using a teleprompter. Uh, So I do a video game plan where we talk about how do you hook the person in the first 30 seconds? How do we deliver this content in an easy to consumable way? How can we supplement the video with B-roll footage or examples or Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. testimonials and then having a clear call to action and based on Mm -hmm. where your video is in that series, is it to watch another video or is it to then Mm -hmm. sign up for your webinar, get a free month in your membership, wherever you want to send them. And and I'm curious, using this kind of like, you know, thumbnail and title process, what are some examples of just some videos that you, know, you or your clients have posted that have just gone kind of like bonkers, crazy, you know, algorithm destroying? Uh, yeah, curious to, to hear some examples. Yeah, a lot of people don't think about the title and thumbnail and how important it is. I had a client mm. last weekend. She sent her video and she's like, look, this thumbnail's not performing. This video isn't performing well. It's a 2% click-through rate. And she's a wedding mm-hmm. photographer. And she had a photo of herself. And then the what she was editing was really small in the corner. And I said, let's change this. Let's take the two photos that you have, a before and after. Uh, the video was about how to make your dark, indoor wedding photos brighter. I said, let's put the the before photo on this side of the thumbnail and the after thumbnail, the after photo on the other side. Let's get a big red arrow going from dark to light and say, I forget what the text was. It was like, go from this to that. And then the title was mm-hmm. um, something about editing or simple ways to take dark photos to bright and airy photos, something like that, that her audience would want cool. because they're looking cool. to have that editing style that's bright and airy mm-hmm. and, and light. And it went from a 2% click-through rate. I think she texted me. It went to like a 7.8% click-through rate. Oh. And it, I mean, yeah. the views within the weekend, uh, I don't know, like five times over the weekend, um, just from making that thumbnail. She didn't change the content mm-hmm. any. She just changed the thumbnail and the title and it just took off crazy crazy yeah. that's um 
that's awesome. So when you launch these titles and these thumbnails and you're kind of you know, getting your video out there, do you see a, a pattern? Obviously, you said to kind of start with a hook and then in the middle, um, give it you know as, as digestible as possible, have a CTA and B-roll over the top. Um, <clears throat> what are some kind of like key commonalities between winning videos that, that seem to kind of you know, go viral mm-hmm. um, and make a lot of sales? What, what do they have in common? I mean, really hitting your audience's pain point. I also hesitate at the word viral because that could totally mess up your channel. I had two videos that went viral and it's messed up my algorithm and attracting the wrong people. So last week I literally deleted those videos and they had a combined of like 65,000 views on them. And I just deleted them because it was affecting the right people coming to me. It wasn't my ready to buy audience. Mm. So what we tell our our clients is, you know, we aren't necessarily going for the most views, but the ones that convert well are when you are in the head of that person that Mm. is ready to Mm. buy your course and you can give them that quick win and they trust you. They're like, wow, this was great. How did she know I needed this? I need to know more about her. Where can I learn from her? How can I learn from her? Where, what does she have? So the videos that really do well and by well, I mean, convert people to sales is when you get into the head of your person and you're able to give them a quick win to show them you are the right person to learn from. Mm, Okay. That makes sense. So it's really kind of like zoning in on that specific market, like the problem that they solve having a quick win and then they're like, okay, I want more Trina. Yeah. An example of one, like I said, those viral videos Mm. that I don't even know if they sent really any sales, but I did another video that performed below average for my channel, but it was very specific video for a very specific audience. And I pitched my coaching program. And within 48 hours, that one video made me $24,000 because people came from that video, applied to my coaching program. And because they were the right person, they were approved. So it's it, the video didn't perform astronomical. It didn't even perform average, but it was created for a specific person that I knew was ready for my program. I showed them how they could get this win inside, go apply. And the comments are totally different on these videos too. You actually have thoughtful, engaging comments on these type of videos as compared to viral videos where those videos, people are just complaining. Well, that's not fair. Well, this is YouTube trying to force my channel to perform well. And so it's totally different when you make the right content for the right people, what it can do for your business. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. That's mm-hmm. insane. Um, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, a 24 K hour story. So <clears throat> that, um, once you're posting videos, um, uh, and you've got those ideas for someone at home who maybe has an online course mm-hmm. or a coaching program or really any product that, that wants to get on YouTube, um, you know, it was for me, but like uh, equipment and setup and, 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 you know, all the fancy things. So if, if someone's who's, who's stuck, they have no equipment, they want their videos to look professional, maybe they don't have a huge budget or, you know, an in-house studio, what do you recommend to them? You know, yeah. is it worth investing in? Should they just, you know? Yeah. I am not a tech person. And so I've always kept my equipment very simple. Um, I have my camera actually right here. I use the Sony ZV-1 and I have like a little Rode micro mic right on top. So this is all I need. I just flip this open. I My webcam is on the normal tripod that I use. Mm-hmm. I have a ring light that I'm using right now. And that is literally all I use because the more complicated I make it, I tried to use, I have back there a more fancier camera I'm pointing behind me where my Canon M50 is. And I bought like a fancy lens and the YouTuber lens. Mm-hmm. And it just 
drove me insane every time I tried to use it because I had to get the focus right. It would be blurry. I would shoot mm-hmm. it and it was blurry or I forgot to turn the right audio on. And with the Sony ZV-1, I can have audio and video all in one clip. It makes it super easy. And there's been multiple videos that I've shot also with just my iPhone. Like if I'm going to do a vlog talking about a day in the life of me as a business owner, balancing with life with kids and everything, I will use my cell phone and nobody can tell the difference. So one of the things that I just encourage is find something simple for you to do and make it easy. Obviously you don't want to have the lighting behind you because that is going to make you dark. So that's something really simple to do. You just face a window and make sure your audience your audio is decent. This room has like tile floor. So anytime I'm doing video, I will just throw blankets or pillows on the floor. It's not even fancy, like audio stuff tied, like taped to the wall. I just throw blankets and pillows on the floor because I have to keep it simple. Otherwise, if it's too complicated, I will just dread doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. So keep it simple. Just start making something that's like easy that you would actually do. Mm -hmm. Now, But one thing I want to go into, that's awesome. Once we do the the VidCo, um, VidCo or whatever that software is. VidIQ. VidIQ. I mean, have the 1,000 ideas. How do people think about approaching, number one, like creating content? What does that process look like from kind of like ideation and now I'm like planned it, you know, planned the the actual video to producing it, editing it, posting it, and also – um, talk to me around kind of the best cadence for, 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 for posting. How often, shorts, long form, um, yeah, cute. I like to do once a week because that's what mm-hmm. I can handle because I have clients that I'm managing. I have kids mm-hmm. that come home sick from school. Mm-hmm. And so I can realistically do one video a week. We did try. We actually tried at the beginning of the year to do two videos a week, and it didn't necessarily skyrocket my channel. And so we also mm-hmm. realized it wasn't that big of a difference doing two videos a week for myself than one video a week. What I yeah. like to do is I will plan my videos, like do the video game plan in one day. Uh, I will do maybe mm-hmm. two to three. And then the following day, I will record two to three videos. Uh, and then I can send them. I have a video editor. I, I've been using mm-hmm. a video editor for about two years, but I was my own video editor. I was a video editor for my cool. clients as well. But now I send mm-hmm. them over to my um video editor. And what I say, if you're going to use a video editor, my goal is to get the raw footage done about eight days prior to the day that video needs to go live so that Mm -hmm. we have plenty of time to go back and forth. We can provide feedback. And if you're editing your own video, you have time to edit it, review it and get it uploaded to YouTube. And so that's kind of the cadence that I've gone through. I usually leave every other Wednesday for myself as content filming day whether that is reels that i'm shooting or youtube videos i will usually rotate one wednesday as youtube videos the following is reels mm-hmm. then youtube videos as far as short and long form content again thinking about the quality of the viewer we have just found on my channel the quality of the viewer that comes in with shorts isn't there and if you think about it somebody who's willing to watch a 20 25 minute video of yours is definitely mm-hmm. going to be a higher lead a better quality viewer than somebody that yeah. just catches a 15 second or 59 second clip so mm-hmm. for us we've really just decided to leave shorts alone and focus mm-hmm. on really good quality long form content and i always get the question how long should your video be and for me i never know 
Um, I come up with the title and the thumbnail, and then I create whatever I need to create to deliver on that title and thumbnail. So if I'm promising them something in that title, however long it mm. takes me to deliver on that video, it could be 10 minutes, it could be 30 minutes, uh, is what I then create. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love that approach you have where you're building the, the thumbnail and the title first and then, and then building the content. We do like you know something similar at the agency when we build info products for people. It's like, okay, <clears throat> what's the hook? What's like kind of the, the promise, the idea first? Like start with people first and then build a product to, you know, meet that um, meet that as opposed to <clears throat> shooting a video and then being like, oh, okay, you know, what what thumbnail can I can I squeeze yeah. you know out of this? Um, totally. That's amazing. Now, now, when people are shooting, let's say, you know, they got their Sony camera or Canon or whatever it is, if two part question, number one, if someone, let's say, doesn't have a budget to, you know, hire an editor, um, even though, you know, they can be cost affordable, uh, how would they go about editing th their videos? What, you know, software or kind of tools can help them do it faster? And B, if they do have a budget, how would you go about hiring um, an editor? Where would you go? What would you look for? All that yeah. stuff. When it comes to editing, I would use what you have access to. And so when I started mm. editing, I had Apple. So I could use iMovie for totally free. And I used iMovie for a long time. And then I upgraded to Final Cut Pro, which is also an Apple product or a Mac product. And it's basically mm. iMovie without training wheels, a little bit more advanced. Uh, if you're a PC user, I know some of my clients use Sony Vega, I believe. And... Um, uh, Adobe Premiere Pro. Oh, I yeah, personally yeah. tried Adobe Premiere Pro. It was a big learning curve for me. And so I didn't mm. personally like it, but finding the option that works best for you mm -hmm. if you have something already available. And then as far as finding a video editor, this is very hard for us too, because one of the shortfalls that we've had in our agency was finding trained editors for YouTube videos, mm -hmm. because people who are trained in YouTube videos, they get what you need to be putting into the YouTube videos. So I personally, I would go on Instagram and I searched Instagram for video editors and I looked at their profile. I looked to see if they were working with YouTube channels. If you're looking for a video editor, whether it's Fiverr or, you know, Upwork, I would see, I would ask them if there are specific YouTube videos that they have done. Do they edit in YouTube mm -hmm. videos? The other thing mm -hmm. I would encourage you to do is go to YouTube and watch content and see the different editing styles of different videos and what do you like? Watching videos saying, mm -hmm. I like this editing, I don't like the way they did this because that's gonna give you a better relationship with your video editor and get a better end result as well. If you can give them examples of what you like, what you don't like when it comes to video editing. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So. <clears throat> Well, one thing I'm curious of is that you've sold like a, a ton of info products and coaching programs for you and your clients through YouTube organically. Yeah. From, you know, the, the YouTube video, the CTA on the YouTube video, um, I, I assume it's something kind of like click the bio. What is that process, you know, or after the CTA from the YouTube video to actually turn them into a, a customer or, or a client? I know it varies depending on the price point, but yeah, yeah what do you see working right now? So again, when we think <laughs> of, series, bingeable series, we're trying to get mm -hmm. the viewer to watch a few videos. And so the main call to action for the first three to four videos is to watch that next mm -hmm. video. And because you're planning out this series before you even shoot your first one, you know what it's going to be. And so you give them a reason to click on that next video. You don't just say, watch the next, watch this next video. You say, now that yeah. you know how to start a YouTube channel, watch this video where I'm going to show you what equipment you need to have 
to create good YouTube videos. That's going to increase your click-through rate to another video. Again, YouTube's going to push your content to more people, more of the right people. You're warming up your viewer. And then when you finally get, you know, to the fourth or fifth video, if they're learning how to use YouTube, they're figuring out, you know, okay, this is how I create my content. This is how I write my script. I'm really starting to think I need some help with this. So I will do a video and I, the call to action will be now, if you need some handholding, you want some feedback, you want me in your back pocket to help you build your YouTube channel, go apply to my program. It's at this website, um, submit it. We'll be in touch within 24 to 48 hours to see if you're right fit. Once you've been approved, you can join and get instant access to me immediately. And so it really just rolls straight from content right into the call to action. So you're not giving them a reason to click away. Uh, you can put a clickable link on YouTube as well. That's called end screen. So you can have a clickable link to another video or to an offsite website. You can also have that link on every single video that you create. So if somebody watches one video and they're like, wow, I really like this person, they go to the description box, you can have that link there and you could get leads from without even mentioning your offers. But the the goal for our strategy on YouTube is to get people to watch multiple videos of you so that you're making YouTube happy and you're warming that person up. So by the time they hear a strong call to action, they actually do it. Love it, love it. And <clears throat> what, have you seen a difference in terms of like um, ideal price points or, or product types mm -hmm. from YouTube creators? Like obviously there's, you know, free courses, there's $47 kind of membership subscription all the way to, you know, $7,000 programs, I guess. What, what do you see um, uh, you know, with those kind of different We run the gamut products? on my channel. I mean, my first five years in my business, I grew my business just by organic content on YouTube without running any kind of ads. Wow. And we have free lead magnets that we push to. We have webinars that we push to. We have a $37 product that we push to. We have $1,000. And that video that I said made $24,000 in 48 hours, that was a $10,000 coaching program. Um, and so we've personally seen success with all options. Again, if you're talking to that person that's ready to buy that offer that you have, um, and you lead them up to it, you warm them up, you prove your authority, you gain trust with them, you could really throw anything at the end of that video for a call to action. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, I'm curious kind of what are some of the kind of the craziest YouTube channels that you've seen either like from your client base or yourself or mm -hmm. somewhere else on the internet who's absolutely crushing it with a, you know, with like a funnel in terms yeah. of you know, YouTube content and, and then selling a product on the back end. Do you have any kind of crazy you know, uh, examples of someone who's doing it right? So we have a client, a student of ours that teaches gut health and she's been able to make over $10,000 on YouTube in her first couple of months on YouTube. She has a wait list from YouTube as well. Um, I'm trying to think of other wild ones. I mean, I have sewing channels for kids. I have quilters. Um, one client just taught how to build a tumbler course, like cups tumblers. Um, she sold a coaching program on how to build your tumbling, your tumble business. And she was able to sell out that product just with her YouTube channel. She was able to sell out that coaching program. Crazy. It's very niche and specific. Um, it's about, you know, yeah. Tumblers, selling tumblers online. Mm -hmm. And then another client who's just, she's over, she's, it's really wild. She's over like 160,000 subscribers. She talks about living mm -hmm. frugal. 
Frugal Living. 160,000 cool. subscribers, just cool. about Frugal Living. Mm -hmm. She has eBooks, like planners, checklists, all of that as well. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> one thing I'm curious about, those are all like crazy examples, like absolutely awesome. If someone has, you know, not too much experience in terms of like coaching or teaching on a topic and they're going into, you know, a market that's super saturated, like fitness or, you mm. know, get a six pack or yeah. make money online or something like that. Um, <clears throat> can they still crack in? Do they need to come up with their own niche? How do you think about uh, approaching these kind of saturated in, you know, words yeah. yeah for sure you definitely need to be niched out on youtube because like i said we mm -hmm. want to go for the people that are ready to buy the quality viewers not the masses when you do this kind of research on vidIQ and you're coming up with all these topics it will also show you how many times a month that that keyword or topic is searched and it'll also let you know what the competition is so is it high competition low competition and if you're just getting started on YouTube, you really want to find words that are searched 500 to, you know, 5,000 times a month that are low competition. Mm -hmm. So you can break out and you can build a channel mm -hmm. um, with frugal living, just frugal living. It is low competition, but she was able to blow it up just with that niche frugal living. Instead of going on YouTube, doing like saving money or how to save money, she did frugal living in over 160,000 subscribers. So it is really important on YouTube to one, know who your person is that you want to sell to because that's very niche in general. Like most people aren't going to create like, here's my fitness program. Well, is it for moms? Is it for pregnant women? Is it for 20 year olds? Is it for 50 year olds? Is it for men? Is it for it? Right. And so you still have to be very niche in your offer that you have available because you have to write that sales page and that pain point for them and really hit on that. And YouTube's the same way. You need to talk in those videos to that person. Yeah. And on that 500, 5,000 searches per month, I think it was, is that in um, VidOK or sorry, VidIQ, sorry. what yeah. was the software called? VidIQ, yep. sorry. Yep, you just plug a, and, a topic and it will tell yeah. you how many times mm -hmm. it's searched per month mm -hmm. on YouTube in the competition. Yeah, yeah. and are you looking, so, so like this software will, will tell you which search terms are good to go after or do you need to kind of have some skills and, and decision-making when you're in that yeah. software to... It's going it to give you the data and then you knowing mm. your audience and as you're building out your playlist, mm. you're going to utilize mm. that information to make your decisions. So is this actually cool. being searched on YouTube because you don't want to do a video that's not being searched? Who's going to find mm. it? So you're going to use that mm. data to determine, okay, this is being searched and what is my opportunity to actually show up mm. for this topic? So instead of like fitness coaching, which is probably searched a lot, but has immense mm. competition, maybe mm. I think about my client, you know, fitness coaching for women over the age of 50, right? That's probably going to be searched less than fitness coaching, but the opportunity to break out and find that person yeah. on YouTube is going to be a lot mm. easier. And if you have a program on that, obviously it's going to be a much easier sell for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes total sense. And <clears throat> I'm curious, so like in your kind of seven previous uh, years of experience on YouTube, you've been launching a lot of products, low ticket, you know, there's like a 10K kind of coaching one. I'm curious how you think about, you know, different price points, your experience testing these different pricing structures and pricing models. And if someone was to, you know, is in the process of launching an online course and also wanting to launch a YouTube channel to drive traffic, would you start with low ticket? Would you start with high ticket? Kind of what price points do you uh, recommend? Yeah. 
Honestly, I think you could do any price point again. If you are on video, obviously you immediately get some more credibility. People are going to trust you more on video when you're on YouTube. Um, I have clients with just a few videos, meaning like five or less videos, get clients from YouTube. Uh, and I mean like one-on-one -on -one service clients because they answered a specific question that they weren't able to find because the most saturated content is beginner content. People who are ready to invest that have the money to invest, they're much more advanced. They're not looking at beginner content, right? These are people that are willing to pay to collapse time, right? They're willing to pay for somebody to help them speed up the process. And so when you are answering their specific questions that they haven't been able to find on YouTube because there's all this beginner content, you're speeding up that authority so much quicker because they're like, I've been looking everywhere for this. I need to figure out, you know, how can I work with you? I know, for example, I had an agency client who ended up, we worked together over a year. We probably made over $40,000 on her services. She found me a weekend. I literally had the flu. She said, I just binge watched your content. I want to work with you. How do I sign up? I sent over the contract because it's all automated. And by Monday morning, after having the flu all weekend, she had signed the contract without even getting on a call with me. Uh, she just was like, how do I do it? I know you're the right person. I need to work with you. And we worked together over mm. a year. And that generated, like I said, over $40,000 in revenue for my business over the course of a year. Wow. Wow. So, so this, this kind of like one, well, multiple videos, but like from one video, you can generate, you know, $40,000 worth of client sales by, yeah. by using this method, which yeah. is pretty crazy. Um, that's... That's awesome. Is there anything like specifically that you know that you're working on right now, or that you're figuring out, or discovering that you want to share? Kind of what's going on in your kind of world right now. Uh, right now, I am just. We are focusing more on our grouping group clients. Uh, we I, I audit their content every week, and I love being able to get those aha moments when I look at their thumbnails or their titles, and then they implement them, like I said, and immediately saw five times change. Um, like I said, we've transitioned away from agency done for you work to now really helping more business owners get to that six figure mark and get consistent mm -hmm. sales from YouTube. Because when you create this ecosystem on YouTube, you're constantly driving people in, you're constantly building them your reputation with them, and they're coming to your offer your course. And so that's really what we're focusing on myself and my team just love being able to work with these entrepreneurs that are, you know, trying to go from 50k mm -hmm. a year to now 100 to now 150 and really using YouTube to do it organically without having to dump mm -hmm. loads of money into Facebook, yeah. or having to dance on TikTok or Reels. Mm -hmm. And again, creating these videos on YouTube that literally live for years. I have a video from 2019 mm -hmm. that still drives me uh, leads, sales, email opt-ins to this day in 2023. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm curious, with, between you and your clients, mm -hmm. roughly how many YouTube views do you, do you think that, that this kind of system and this method has generated? That's a great question. Only because we don't have the back end of their... I mean, we can only help get traffic to their funnel and then we aren't auditing or analyzing how well their funnel is converting so we can focus on the traffic we can get you to your offer and then it's kind of up to them to close it but i mean like i said i've had clients make consistent 10k months because of just posting a weekly youtube video in addition to that youtube pays you once you get so far along you have so many subscribers so then you get an additional stream of income 
brand deals and sponsorships are more lucrative on YouTube as well because they know these videos live longer than a reel or a TikTok that maybe lives for a few days and disappears where YouTube videos live for years. And so it's hard to say. Um, like I said, I worked with multi six and seven figure business owners that have used their YouTube channel to generate course sales and agency leads for the last seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Well, <clears throat> this has been super valuable for me. I, I know everyone watching is going to find a ton of value. Maybe as you know, the YouTube growth expert, um, what do we need to add to this video to, to make it a banger once we post it on, um, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of things and you're probably seeing this. This is the terrible YouTube video. We have about five minutes left of scheduled time. Let's get this ranking for the target market. Are there any keywords, any things you can say to give us like a cool, you know, Mr. Beast uh, title and thumbnail? Yeah. Again, uh, Mr. Yeah. Beast is going for viral and Mr. Beast has a massive team and spends a lot of money on his videos. That is so true. as an entrepreneur, if you're bootstrapping it, you're just trying to get your first course mm -hmm. out there. I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, understand their pain points and you should be if you're creating a course, right? Um, mm -hmm. Understand their pain points. Talk to those pain points on YouTube. Get that thumbnail and title that is going to stop the scroll. What is going to make them want to click? I see the biggest mistake. People will put the same text on the thumbnail that the title is, but these should be working in conjunction together because you're mm -hmm. taking up real estate. You should most of the time have a photo of yourself on your thumbnail because people are more likely to click on a thumbnail where they can see the whites of the eyes of a person because you're more trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Also, YouTube will truncate your title. So remembering the first like 20 to 30 characters are the most important. Giving YouTube as much metadata as possible, meaning you're writing your keywords in your description box, but in a human form, not just like shoving keywords in there because YouTube will notice that. And then honestly, once you get videos up on YouTube, you're going to start to get the data and you have to spend time reading what YouTube is telling you because YouTube is going to tell you um, how are they finding your content? What words are they searching to find your content? What other channels, what other videos are your viewers watching? So you can see if the algorithm has categorized you right or not. And then YouTube also gives you data on how well people are watching your video. So if you look at your audience retention graph and you see 90% of people are leaving in the first 30 seconds, you may think your video is great, but it's not. And you have to look at that unbiased <laughs> and you have to figure out, yeah. is this the title that I'm promising something and I'm not getting to it quick enough? Or am I, you know, flipping the switch with them in the first 30 seconds and they clicked on it for one reason and they're like, this isn't the reason. Or am I just boring in the first 30 seconds and I need to do something to keep people watching? Because audience retention will also affect whether YouTube pushes your content out to more people. I like to talk about YouTube algorithm as like Mario Brothers, where you go down like a green pipe and you're trying to collect as many gold mm -hmm. coins as possible. Click through rate, your title and your thumbnail is the best way to collect those gold coins because people are actually going to click on your videos. YouTube's not going to put your video anywhere if people aren't clicking on it. The other gold mm -hmm. coin is then audience retention. If people aren't watching your video and they only watch 30 seconds, YouTube is not going to put your video anywhere because YouTube can't really show many ads on that video if they're only watching 30 seconds. So the longer people will watch your videos, the more watch time you can accumulate is, again, more gold coins. And then thinking mm -hmm. about that viewer journey, how can I get them to watch two or three more videos? That's more gold yeah. coins for YouTube because you're getting them to stay on the platform longer. So that's honestly how I think of big picture a YouTube strategy. How can I gain mm -hmm. as many gold coins as possible from YouTube? So it does all the promoting for me and I don't have to pay for it like Facebook. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Incredible. Well, um, th- th- there's so much value here. Um, I'm, I'm feeling embarrassed f- filming this, you know, this video that's going to go on YouTube right now because I know once I post the thumbnail and the title, you know, it's going to be um, average, but I'll send it to you. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe you can, uh, uh, we can break it down, but I really, really appreciate you coming on. Um, is there anything else that, you, you know, that you want to share to the aspiring course uh, creator or, or coach wanting to get on YouTube but, but not wanting to, you know, not, not getting yeah. on YouTube? Just get those couple of videos up, Um, especially if you're a coach. YouTube is such a great platform, like I said, to gain credibility. Everybody out there has competitors. And what makes you stand out is you, kind of like your vibes, your style of teaching, who you are as a human. And the best way people can determine if you are going to be the best fit for them or not, doesn't matter. You can write all the sales copy that you want, put it beside all your competitors. What's going to make you stand out is who you are. And if they want to learn from you specifically, video does that. And YouTube is the biggest video platform that there is. So just start getting videos on YouTube. And that is the first thing that you can do to start seeing results. Incredible. Awesome. Well, um, if people want to learn more about how to you know, take their YouTube games to the next level, get a lot of sales, a lot of views, where can people uh, reach out to? What should they do? Yeah, uh, I have lots of content over on my YouTube channel. So Mm -hmm. trinalittle.com forward slash YouTube. Uh, Mm -hmm. We also have a workshop that we do uh, paid per uh, profit per view. So we talk about how to get profit for every view that you have. That's at trinalittle.com forward slash PPV. And I do hang out on Instagram. That's more of my behind the scenes type stuff. YouTube is more my long form educational content. And then Instagram is where I share more behind the scenes. And that's trinalittle.com forward slash Instagram. Awesome. Well, uh, Trina, thank you so much for coming. Appreciate all the value that you shared. Hope you had fun. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thanks for having me.